babes, mm -hmm. you were just asking me what book I was reading. Yeah, because I didn't know if you changed, if you um you started a different one, because I didn't know if you're done with the one that you're reading. I'm still on the book Time and Again, and I'm not sure if I like it as much as Stephen King. Okay. But it's good. Okay. I'm at the part now to where he returned to his time after spending a couple of days in 1882. Uh-huh. And the government organization that runs this thing mm -hmm. is questioning whether or not to continue it because they had a few other people with successful attempts. For example, one guy they thought w went to Notre Dame in, I think, 1402. Uh-huh. And another guy ended up in Denver in 1901 oh, wow. for like a couple minutes. But when he came... So the way they, they studied is when the person comes back, yeah. they have to do a full interview process oh, to wow. see what they observed and if it's accurate and also if anything uh -huh. changed. Yeah. And the guy who came back from 1901... He talked about a classmate he had in sixth grade. And when they looked for this person, they found out that he never existed in their time. Oh, so that's, that's weird. making them wonder if they should continue doing the experiments or not. Okay, so the so the government program... Uh, Which is, I believe, unnamed so in the, this book. So the government program is the one that's controlling the time travel. They're the ones who, part, who are doing the experiments with The experiment it. with time travel. Yeah. Okay. But you, but you like it, but it's not spectacular like you thought it was going to be. Yeah, uh, the mission that our protagonist was sent on didn't really seem that strong to me. Huh. And the way they had him time travel was a little bit weird. Okay. But but you know I don't know how the time travel okay. works. So maybe that's how it actually goes down in real life. I'm not sure, but <laughs> it. I like it though. I just huh. I. I would argue with Stephen King that yeah. it's the best time travel uh, story ever. But you you were saying that they use hypnosis to um, help people time travel, right? It's a combination of that and putting you in a similar setting. Uh -huh. For example, if I wanted to send you back to the best year in film cinema, in my uh -huh. opinion, yeah. uh, I know everybody says 1939, but I think it's 1994. Yeah. Well, what I would do is I would decorate your apartment like the mid-90s. Uh -huh. And I would show you TV shows and films from that year. And then we'd do some hypnosis on you. And then eventually you'd get to the point after living like it's 1994 for a while to where you could close your eyes and say, all right, I'm going to wake up and it's going to be 1994. And I could watch the first episode of Friends as it airs. <laughs> For the first time. That's how they did it in the book. Yeah, I mean, they didn't use the Friends example, but you get what I'm saying. I know. No, no, no. No, I, no, I didn't think that they would. I'm just saying that that's what they would do in the book if it if they wanted to send me back to 1994, which mm -hmm. was a good year for me. So, um, so oh, that's, that's kind of interesting. In 94, babes. Yeah. Well, rather, this morning I watched the Siskel and Ebert Best of Films from that year. Yeah. And I like to do this game now to where all is it 12 or less films from their top 20 that I've seen. Mm -hmm. Knowing of course that a lot of the titles are going to overlap. Yeah. And I had seen 8, but if we had counted the overlapping titles, it probably would have been more like 14 that I watched. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I got so upset this morning, babes. Why? Not upset. That's, You're irritated, right? Yeah, irritated. Yeah. I have heard about the French trilogy, Red, White, and Blue, uh -huh. 
uh-huh. since the 90s. Uh-huh. And Roger Ebert said that it's his second film of the year was a three-way tie between the, the films in the trilogy. Uh-huh. So I decided to go on the place where I get descriptive movies, and I just typed in blue. Right. And, of course, it didn't come up. Uh-huh. What do you think we can do as blind people about the lack of foreign audio descriptive movies, if anything? I I really have no idea because I don't know how um, these uh, audio descriptive service uh, people, the ones who record it, I don't know how these movies are chosen. Um, I don't know how they get into the movie vault for blind users. I, I have no idea how to navigate around that. And one of the things that sucks too, if you go to a lot of these forums where they Mm -hmm. talk about foreign films and somebody says, is there a dubbed version of this? Everybody will give a snarky response about how you're supposed to read the movie, bro. Listen to it in its original language. Yeah, but then they don't take into consideration that there are blind users who can't see the subtitles. Exactly. Or can't read it very well because they're so fast. Yeah. They they don't take into consideration that a sighted person might be watching the movie with a blind person. Right. Yeah. So, so you know. I, I have some corrections to be made. But before I do that, okay. let me ask you a question. Yeah. And I know you, you haven't been to heaven. And we agree, based on our limited experiences, that if yeah. there is a heaven, it's going to be a lot different than things are here on Earth. Yes, I think it's going to be very different. I do, too. Having said that, yeah. assuming that we end up in the good place, um, do you think that we're going to have access to experience foreign films? I I can't answer that question. Oh, Bubs, I don't know. I don't even know if there's going to be movies up there. Like like I said, uh. all the stuff, <laughs> um, <clears throat> all the stuff that we know here on Earth as we know it is may not even be there in heaven because it's going to be a totally different experience. So I, I really can't answer that question. Nice. Nice. Well, I, I, at least you're giving an honest answer. No, I really can't. I mean, I don't know anything about movies, concerts. Um, I, I don't know anything about that. I don't know about books. We, I don't know if we're going to read books up there. I, I have no idea. I, I, I think it's going to be a totally, literally out of this world experience. I was talking to somebody this week and we, the uh, subject of God in the afterlife came up and I said, I have reasons to believe on personal experience is that there might be an afterlife or or something beyond this. And she was asking me about it and I wanted to tell her the out of body experiences that I had. But then I thought, Oh, if I do little JLo has implied that if I tell people that it's going to sound like I'm a little bit insane. So I I said, I can't do that because Alana says that makes me sound crazy. It might sound insane to them, but I can't control what you tell them. I mean, I'm not going to be like, I'm not going to be, you know, I'm not going to be inside of your head saying, don't say that ever. But they, but they might think that you're a little bit cray. Oh, <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to be, I'm, I'm going to be honest. They might think you're a little bit, you know, a little bit out there. Oh, that's interesting, babes. I mean, so I don't know. So let's start with the corrections. Okay. A couple of days ago, I say here, uh, you know, Trump is a demon, but Dick Cheney is the devil. And... Liz Cheney is the daughter of the devil. Now, that statement is completely true, but I mispronounced the word demon. No, well, that first off, uh, there is only one devil and he isn't it. Sorry. You don't think it's Dick Cheney? No. Okay. 
No, 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 no. The devil is far sinister than he is. Wow. Yeah, I believe that there is a devil, and I think that the devil deceives us every single day, but it isn't Dick Cheney. How do you think he feel? Do you think he would be hurt by hearing that you don't think he's as evil as the devil? No. No, I I, I don't think so. So I go back because and- Because I don't think the devil is human. Okay, I go back and, well, one, Dick Cheney doesn't have a heartbeat. And I'm not making that up, by the way. Oh, I know. He has a baboon's heart. Well, or he had, he had a, he has like a, um, a, um, a different. I don't know what he heart. has now, but for a while he had this electronic thing that didn't give him a heartbeat. A, a pacemaker? It wasn't a pacemaker. It was some, something else. But he said that he didn't miss having a heartbeat, which is kind of creepy in my opinion, but okay. Okay. But. No, I don't think he's Lucifer incarnate. If that's okay. what you're asking me. Some, I go back and forth with him. I mean, I think he's completely evil. I think that, right? <laughs> okay. Because we've seen the way he treats his gay daughter. Um, but And we've seen the way he treats our country. But let's not get into... Okay, so let me, let me rephrase this like this because I'm stumbling. Sometimes I think he probably just looks at things by the numbers and he justifies his evil actions to himself by saying, if people knew from my perspective what things were, they wouldn't think so poorly of me. And other times when I'm being more cynical, Rick, I think maybe he likes being the evil dude. Maybe he likes that a lot of people don't like him. And maybe he would be a little bit hurt if he heard you say that he's not the devil. No, I don't think so. I think... I think it's safe to say that this man is very corrupt, but I'm not going to sit there and say that he's a devil incarnate because the devil, that would imply that he was around before, um, he, he was around a lot longer than everybody else was. So I, I don't, I, I'm not going to sit here and say that he's the devil incarnate. Do you think it's possible, babes, that maybe he was around before this, but he decided to take the form of Dick Cheney and come to earth? No, because that's not what happened. Yeah, and by the way, I don't know if there's a uh, devil or not, but Oh, there is. He's deceiving us every single day. Uh oh. Um and and he and I think he deceives us through corruption. And Uh-oh. this is one of those I, I think that he he influences people uh to deceive uh to deceive to deceive many. And I think he may have influenced Dick Cheney. Now I'm not saying I don't know, I could be wrong, but because of the corruption that uh the republican and democratic establishment yeah um is a part of i have a i have a feeling that the the devil is at work in that area oh and and i and i completely um i completely stand by it but but is dick cheney the devil no i don't think so i hope he he doesn't get triggered by hearing about this i don't i really don't know if he would be hurt by that. No, I don't think I, I I don't think he would hurt be hurt if I said that. Yeah. Because I don't think that um humans should be considered uh Lucifer incarnate. I know that they do evil things, some humans do evil things, but that doesn't that also doesn't make them the devil either. I hear you. And in my life, when I think about the epitome epitome of evil in our country, I don't think about Charles Manchin, Jeffrey Dahmer, or Ted Bundy. I think Dick Cheney. I, I no, but those people did far worse than he did. He's responsible for deaths of maybe a million people. Yeah, but I mean, and he did it for profit. 
Uh, yeah, but what about those other three people you mentioned? Well, it doesn't make them good humans. I want yeah. I want to be clear about that. I it's, mean, it's not like because Dick Cheney is so evil, it makes Ted Bundy a superhero. But what I'm saying is, when I think of American evil, I go more towards people like Dick Cheney, and and since he kind of was vice president when I was coming of age politically, he's what I think of when I think of the face of evil in this country. I mean, when I think about, you know, I don't know, when I think about evil, I think about, you know, Madeline Murray O'Hare. And I mean, she was a very wicked person. I don't know who this lady is. Madeline Murray O'Hare was the woman responsible for taking prayer out of the schools. And then I... I, she got into a lot of debates, but she was a very, from what I understood, she was a very, very uh, horrible and um, wicked, very hateful person. Uh, not just because of that. And um, I think when, I think she was, when she was killed, all they found was her, was it her toes or something? Her feet and her head? Oh. I don't know. It was, it was kind of interesting. But anyway. Well, I, I don't know about that. Uh, one, of, one, of the, one of the people who I thought was very evil was um, Madeline Murray O'Hare. And um, like the like the uh, women who have killed people, like Diane Downs. I mean, she's a pretty evil person couple, as well. A couple of things to say. One, we need separation of church and state. And also, two, Diane Downs well, actually, killed... Actually, we do have that, except... Um, it's taken very differently, but why do we have? Why do we need prayer in school for going to have separation of church and state? Well, wait a second, though. What's that? That means that doesn't mean the way that you're saying it. It means that the governor. Oh, 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 Are you gonna listen to me, Bob? Yeah. Okay, okay. Now listen, listen. Tickle. <laughs> ow, 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 All right, ow. kiss me so we have a tickle first. That hurt. Oh well, you would hurt when you attacked my armpit. Oh. Give me a kiss. And all I was doing is tickling your leg. <laughs> It wasn't your armpit, was it? Yes. I don't hurt. Okay. All right. So tell me about... Uh... Well, the chap the separation of church and state is a tool is means that the government should not take part in religious affairs. So that means that um, I... I we're getting in the weeds with this. Okay, we don't have to say in the weeds. What I would say is you're kind of proving my point only because schools are ran by the government. So why should they take part in a religious affair? Like no, praying? but if you're talking about... No, 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 no. If you're talking about religious freedom, I think that I think that students and teachers should have the right to pray in school. And I don't think that the government should get in, get involved in that. And that's what the separation of church and state is. They don't get involved in religious... Um, Religious freedom. Well, wait a second. Let's say I'm a Christian. But we're getting in the weeds. No, no, but let, let, I'm just going to ask you one more question. Let's say I'm a Christian teacher and I know that there are three students in my class who are Muslim and I impose my freedom by making them pray to a God that they don't believe well, in. Well, wait a second, though. Don't you think it's interesting that the Muslims are the ones who get um, the, the Muslims are the ones who get accommodations and the Christians don't? I hear what you're saying. Don't, don't you think it's really interesting because... Teachers aren't even allowed to have Bibles on their desks. Uh, children aren't even allowed to uh, play, uh, to pray during lunchtime. And um, that one coach who was just praying by himself on the field was fired. And I don't think that's right. Okay. I would make the argument, babes, that nobody's saying that a teacher can't pray to Jesus when they're not in school. But what Yeah, but, but wait a minute. You're assuming that that Christian teacher would make 
that student pray and all they want to do is pray. They're not trying to make a student pray. And I think it's interesting that you would um you would say that when all the Muslim students get accommodations and the Christian students. I don't know how much accommodation Muslims. Oh yes, they do. Yes, they do. If they're talking about religious intolerance, then the Muslims and the Baha'i students and the um the Jehovah's Witnesses they don't have to participate in things, but if it's if it's the Christians and they say, "Hey, um, I I want to pray," then of course they're like, "Well, no, you can't do that." So well, I, I think it's very interesting that you would say that. Well, first of all, I don't know about that because I'm not in school. And when I did go to school, I I went to the last six years was a very hippie place, right? But l- let me phrase it like this: Let me t- ask you a question, then we can drop this because we have more to talk about. Yeah, we do. Um. If a Christian teacher forces Muslim students to pray to Jesus, do you think they should be fired? Because they're um, imposing their freedom on those no, students. No, no, but you're in, you're, okay, first off, no one should be fired for practicing their religious beliefs. However, you're in, you're, um, you are implying that a Christian teacher would force a Muslim to pray, and that isn't true, because all they want to do is pray. They don't, they, I mean, I've never heard of a Christian teacher forcing their students to pray, um, with them. Uh, sometimes students have asked to pray with them, like that coach that was fired, uh, from Washington. Did you hear about that one? I heard about that. And, and he wasn't even praying with a group of people. He was praying by himself. And, and I don't think that's right. Here's what, here's what I think. I don't think anybody, Christian, Muslim, even Baha'i, my, by the way, my parents were Baha'i missionaries. My, not my parents. They Your were grandparents. My grandparents on my mom's side were Baha'i missionaries. They were deep into it. But I don't think anybody should be po- fired for their religious beliefs yeah. as long as they keep it in check. So I don't think the workplace is, a t- is an area where you should be praying. With maybe the exception is if you're in the military and you're being bombed and you want to, you know, say hi to God or something. No, but if you're if you're praying by yourself on a field and it's not a... Like it's not in the office, it's in a private room, right? In your yeah. workplace. What's wrong with that? On the surface, it seems like nothing's wrong with that. But I would ask the question, what's wrong with pl- praying at home and going to church on the weekends and coming to work to do your job? Yes, but you're you're basically saying that everybody else has freedoms. No. Everybody else, um, you know, um, a, a transgendered person can use whatever bathroom, but if it's a Christian, then they can't pray. In the, they can't pray in their workplace. Oh, it always goes back to transgender. I'm just, I'm just, no, no, I'm just giving you guys an example. Everybody else has accommodations except for the Christian. That's no, no, I, no. I, I think there's, um, I, I think that there is some, um, I, I have to push back on that. Okay, let me. I, it just seems that way to me. me it me, it, it, me, it me, just seems that way to me. Hush, hush, honey. Let me let me tell you something. Hush. Did you hush me? I said hush hush honey. That's going to be the name of my the next B movie that I direct. <laughs> it's going to be about a, a deaf woman who kills for fun and the man who loves her. But until then, babes, <coughs> I don't think that Muslim Jews Baha'is should be able to pray at, at school either. And why not? Because that's their religious beliefs. Keep that at home or at yeah, yeah, the, okay. your particular house at worship. And I would even Wait go further. Second. Hold on. I would also say that atheists, maybe you have a thing to where if an atheist wants to rant and rave about how there's no God, you put them in check too. Yeah, but I mean, you're you're basically, 
you're you're basically saying that nobody should pray at all in, at work at work yeah but then what about other people i mean what about their other what about other people's um accommodations you know you're 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 basically saying that everybody else can have accommodations except for these people uh, i mean it, is I, that what you're saying yeah because i would make the argument there in this country Yes. One of the big tenets is a separation between yeah, church yeah, and state. Yeah, but that's that's not the same as people wanting to pray at their, you know, pray in a separate room if it isn't in front of a group of people. It's not like they're proselytizing. It's not like they're forcing people to pray. It's that they want to pray individually. Okay. Let's amend, you know what I mean? let's just, amend this a little bit. Let's say, okay, if it's your lunch hour and you're eating by yourself and you want to say, hey, Jesus, I love you. Can you pray to you for a second? And nobody else is around. Okay, fine. You know, we don't, we don't I'm, have to. I'm not talking about proselytizing people. I know. And I just gave you, uh, okay, let's come to a compromise. If somebody, if, if it's like their lunch hour, they're by themselves and they want to pray, then it's not going to kill me. My goodness. What? Oh my goodness. <laughs> or if they're a devil worshiper and they want to pray to Dick Cheney, then. Ah! Bubs, what? really? Really, I love you. No, you just squeeze my nose. <laughs> Are you really going to write a movie called Hush, Hush, Honey? Probably not. This popped in my head as I said that. Yes. But J-Lo. Yes. <laughs> we got down this rabbit hole because... I called Donald Trump a demon, and I really said I said I really should have said Donald Trump is a demon. Yeah, but it's okay. It's it's funny when you get words wrong. Thank you. And <laughs> another correction I wanted to make is yesterday I talked about uh, a YouTube video where this dude was breaking down cast iron. Yeah, and I think I called him Adam Rodriguez, uh -huh. but instead it's I think it's Adam Ragosi. Oh, okay. And well, I'm dyslexic, and you know the, Ragosi. Yeah, dyslexic people screw up words all the time. Adam Ragosi. That's okay. Yeah. I mean, you were kind of close. Not quite, but you were kind of close. I was a little bit off. Ragosi. They both had R's in the name. Um, Was he Italian? I don't know. Ragosi sounds almost Italian, I think. Uh -oh. It's a cool name. Thank you. Adam Ragosi. Ragosi. Yeah. Um. Interesting. Yeah, babes. Yeah. What do you think of time and again now that I've told you about it? Um, you know, I don't know. I'm I might I may or may not read it. I don't know. I mean, time travel is fascinating to me too. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if I'm going to read it. It's it's not one that I would push you to read, to be honest. Have you ever read a uh it's a I think it's a short story and it's called uh Lost and Found. I've heard of it. I haven't read it, though. It's a children's story about um, a girl who becomes deaf after um, after her and her friend uh, time travel to a different... I think it, they travel to a different time. That sounds cool. And and she becomes deaf. Mm -hmm. I think that's how it was. Um, my, my sixth grade teacher read it to us. And um, she was teaching a class on disabilities... And we read that book, and we also read a book called Follow My Leader about a, a young boy who um, becomes blind and gets a guide dog. I think I read that one when I was a kid. Which was, so to me, even when I was little, I was thinking, how is that boy able to get a dog when he was only 12? If I'm right, that's the book where the kid is holding like a firecracker and it explodes in his face. It's something like um, that, right? 
Yeah, I think um, something like that kind of something like that sort of happened in Lost and Found, except the girl becomes deaf. Oh. Um, I think it might have been the firecracker. His, his name, and the funny thing is, his name was Jimmy Carter. Nice. <laughs> I have, name, yeah. I have something that I'm going to say, which will probably make me sound insane. You already sound insane well, sometimes. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <coughs> I love my insane wick. I love my nutty jewel. Oh, my goodness. But I've wondered to myself recently. Now, I know as far as we know, humans don't have the ability to travel back in time, right? No, we don't. And But here's what I've wondered. I've wondered if there's like any species of fungus that we haven't, yeah, that we haven't discovered yet that also have the ability to, like, also, that have the ability to transport back and forward through time. Fungus? Yeah. So. How would that work? Well, I don't know how that would work, but I'm <laughs> saying the reason I think of fungus is because the more and more research you do into mushrooms, you realize that they have weird properties that we don't really understand. Because they're fungi. Right, because of okay, we'll call them fungi then. I mean, I mean, you know, I mean, they have fungi in it. Right, but they have all these weird things they can do. Like some people have speculated, for example, and I don't know if this is true or not, that you could drop mushrooms where there's been a nuclear disaster, and that the mushrooms will take in the nuclear waste, and the humans wouldn't. Yeah. Uh, now again, that's speculation at this point. But we also know that there are other weird things about mushrooms that we don't really understand. Like apparently some of them have this weird neural network. Um, and there's a big area in Washington where they think that there's these all these mushrooms that are interconnected with each other on, on like a, a different type of level. So I'm wondering huh. if there are any types of mushrooms that have the ability to travel through time. And as I'm right. saying this, it sounds even more <laughs> insane than it sounded in my own head. You should make a, that would be a fun, <clears throat> that would be an interesting movie with, um you know, making an animated movie where mushrooms travel in time. Yeah. <laughs> mushrooms. I think that would be super cool. <laughs> or, or, you know, you know. What's that? So. Remember Super Mario Brothers, the, the, the game, right? I know you love that game, but as you as you know, Toad is uh, the Mushroom King, correct? I thought it was King Koopa was a mushroom. Oh, King, King Koopa! He's the king of the. Well, he's the guy that you battle at the end of it. King Koopa is a Mushroom King. Okay, so Toad. He's, a, he's the guy that you kill. But Toad is a is a mushroom uh, guy. Yeah, and I could have that wrong because it's been so long, but it's something to that effect. Yeah, you could make it into an adventure where Toad travels in time. That would be cool. But no, I'm wondering if this is like a for real thing or if this is just an idea in Rick's head. I don't know. I think you'll have to uh, do some research on that one. Um, now, now, speaking of Mar Super Mario Brothers, yeah. I did not play the video game, but I knew people that liked it. I watched the um, the cartoon version of it, and that was fun. And what they would do is they would mix in... Uh, a cartoon of Zelda mm -hmm. and uh, Link. And um, yeah, they would mix in the cartoon Zelda with um, Super Mario Brothers. I remember that because I was a Mario Brothers fan back in the day. Yes. And I thought that Zelda was a spinoff of Super Mario Brothers, meaning the video game based on watching the cartoon series. Right. Because I think I watched it when I was like five or six. And I started playing the game like a year later when I was around seven. Yeah, I think Zelda and Super Mario Brothers might may just be, you know, just Nintendo games that um, are are uh, linked together because of Nintendo. But they're not really based off of each other. I don't think so. Nice. I mean, 
in the and in, in the cartoon, um, uh, Zelda was a, seemed like a very very spoiled princess, and oh, yeah, and oh, she thought, and at times she thought Link was a brute. So, oh. but I I was I was more into the um, Super Mario Brothers Super Show segment. Well, good. And then there was Princess Toadstool. You used to play the video game, babes. It's really fun. Yeah, I, I heard that. Um, I mean, the the music itself is really cool. Um, and I know I know some blind people that have um have been really good at getting to the levels. I know totally blind people who were great at that game. Remember, I, yeah. remember, babes. I told you about that one kid who I never really hung out with outside of like specific camps and classes. Is that the one, is that the one that you said you're going to call him? I kept saying I was going to call him. <laughs> and then I started dating this girl in middle school. And then you decided no. And then in <laughs> high school, I, I, we were roommates in, in this camp and I thought we're going to be friends. And then that's the trip where I kind of started going out with my high school girlfriend at the end of it. And I never called him. And then I saw Facebook recommended oh. him as a friend to me. And I said to you, hey, I said, I said friend him on Facebook, but then I'm never going to hang out with him because I'm dating you. Oh, my goodness. But he was really, really good at Super Mario Brothers. That's too bad. You could have, I mean, you might have had some things in common. I mean, I'm, I know maybe back then you might have thought he was a dork, but. I never said that. Or did, or, oh, okay, maybe, I, maybe it was implied that you thought he was weird. Oh, did, did I imply that? Yeah, he did. By the way, I'm weird. <laughs> but I'm like the cool type of weird. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he might, you know, maybe he has matured a little bit and you guys could end up being friends instead of like you avoiding calling him. I no, don't... no. But the problem is I have a girlfriend now, so it would never work. Yes, it would. I, I well, you call your other friends. Hmm? That's true. But <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Babes. I, I honestly think, you know, and if and if you... Get in contact with him, and it and it turns out that he doesn't want to contact you because you never contacted him. Then at least you know yeah. that you guys can't be friends because he doesn't want to be friends with you. Or he'll be like, "Hey, you want to hang out?" And I'll be like, "I would, but I have a girlfriend now." You're using me as an excuse. Well, I used all my other ones as an excuse. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> as I squeeze your nose. <laughs> <laughs> mm. <laughs> I don't know. I think I think maybe you should. Thank you. I think I think you should give the guy a chance. I mean, maybe he's uh, done well for himself. No, but he may not want to hang out with me. And I, I kind of think, oh, the moment's passed. He grew up in Portland, right? I, I, I think he moved to Portland from, like, Philadelphia or something. Okay. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I met him when I was a teenager. And he, But the point of the story isn't uh -huh. uh, what a bad person Rick is. <laughs> the point of the story is he was really good at Super Mario Brothers. So, um... Yeah, I, I, yeah, my friend, uh, who is totally blind, um, I used to go to her place and she would play Super Mario Brothers as I watched. And, uh, she was good too. Mm -hmm. She was good. Yeah, you used to give it a and shot, I, babes. And I didn't get in, I didn't get into, I wanted to get into video games. Like she was getting into video games and some of my other friends, but I never really, it wasn't really my thing. They are super addictive once you start playing them. But That's I, the only issue. I but have. I know that super like I don't want to be one of those turn to one of those gamers who will stay up all night just to finish all the levels. Yeah, it's good that you stay away from that. Then. Well, I'll tell you what though, Bubs. The next up? time I go to your place, maybe we can play a little Super Mario Brothers because okay. you still have the you still have the console, right? 
I have the games downloaded and I have a controller we can use to play the the Mario games. Ah. Yeah, I have the original Mario. I, I only go up to Super Nintendo because apparently Macs are bad with N64 games. Oh, really? But yeah, the rumor is that Nintendo is going to release a classic N64 can- uh, console. Oh, cool. And if they do that and it's reasonably priced, I might buy that. Cool. I, I think that would be kind of fun to do because um, I never got into Super Mario, uh, like playing Super Mario Brothers, but I know a lot of people love that game. Mm-hmm. And the music is, I love the music too. Yes. I never played uh, any N64 games, but uh, maybe that'll change the age. The only Nintendo game that I enjoyed playing when I was a kid was Duck Hunt. Yeah, you told me that. And I never, I, <laughs> I didn't know if I was um, doing it correctly, but... Um, but every time the little dog laughed at me, I knew I was did it, I did it wrong. Oh, <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, that was a that was a very 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 old Nintendo game, and I and um, I remember hearing that my uncle used to play Atari. Yeah, that's way back in the day. Way back in the day, yep. Atari, yep. Atari. Um, some of my friends played um, Sega Genesis. Yeah, Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis. When I was a broke man, I couldn't picture this. Oh my goodness. You know what song that's from, right? I think so. What song? I don't know. You want me to tell you? Yeah. That was Juicy by Biggie and Faith Evans. Oh, that one. Yes. Yeah, yeah. There was another version of Juicy, but it was the older version in the 80s. Oh. And um, they sampled that song, but I I don't remember who actually sang nice. Juicy, and it was, it was sung by somebody else. Nice, nice. Juicy. I love the Biggie version. Yeah. Lunch is... I, I may have changed from a common thief but uh, to up close a and personal. A common thief? No, I may have changed from a common thief to up close and personal with Robin Leach. Oh, my goodness. Lifestyle, <laughs> the rich and famous. I don't think uh, Robin Leach ever had any rappers on that show. It would have been <laughs> cool to see Biggie on there, though. I liked watching that show when I was a kid. I love that show. Because, you know, I, I have this weird thing to where I think that rich people don't pay their fair share of taxes and all that stuff. And I think that they're clearly destroying our country. But I do like shows like Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous and Luxury uh, House Tours. I love that stuff. I think it's fun to escape, you know, uh, have like some form of escape by looking at those apartments and <clears throat> and think, hmm, that would be interesting if I was living in that. Yeah. Um, even though it's uh, definitely beyond uh, your price range, mm-hmm. my price range, but it's fun to imagine that you could possibly have a place like that. It is. Um, did you find that, I mean, I know that Cribs is different than Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous, but did you find that that show was kind of like, did you think that it was real? I hated Cribs. I hated Cribs because... No, 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 no. I'm not talking about Cribs. You I'm just, talking about Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. Oh, I thought you were asking if I liked no, Cribs. I, no, I said, no. I said, I know it's not like Cribs. Okay. But I said, did, do you think that Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous was a real show? Oh, I get you. Okay. I think that they definitely tried to portray things a certain way. Um, so... Yes, but with the caveat that they definitely slanted things in a certain direction to make it seem like these people had these perfect lives. It was fun, though. Yeah, it was fun. Yes. Yeah. Um, and Cribs I didn't like because, with the exception of Red Man, it felt like the rest of the show was fake. I don't know. I I, I just liked it. I mean, whether it was true or not, um, I, I found it was interesting. And mm. 
I just, I kind of liked it because, because there was, um, I liked the way Newton went. I thought that was fun, even if there was some things that were kind of slanted, Uh-oh. but I thought that was fun. I also, um, sorry to interrupt you, as you know, I'm not a big fan of reality TV. And in my mind, in the early 2000s, when it was popular, I kept thinking to myself, why can't they just play rap music videos right now? Because that's what I want to see. I don't like that. So um, I know that the quote unquote reality, because I didn't call it reality TV like back in the 90s or anything, but mm-hmm. um, I I liked it when they only had one reality show on, you know, one or two reality shows on MTV, but I liked, I liked music videos. Um, I liked how VH1 would play music videos all day. Yeah. And people say, oh, it's so sad that they're not what they used to be. But I think of it like, well, we can watch that stuff on YouTube now. So it is better. YouTube is a better version of what MTV and VH1 used to be. Yeah. And they and they just went downhill. I mean, all there is now is just like these stupid reality shows that nobody watches. And and it's just cat fights. And the only the only thing that I like watching on MTV is catfish because I think it's kind of interesting. But but otherwise, um, I could do without the shows now. Um, I used to watch The Real World and Real Rules when I was growing up, but... You're banging my foot. You can keep doing it. I just wanted to... I know, I know. I keep going. But, I mean, uh, you know, I don't know. I just I just think that um, if they're going to call it MTV and or VH1, they should stick to the, the purest um, version of their their network. I hear you, but I don't even know how many people care about MTV now. Like, I don't know if teenagers watch it anymore. I doubt it now. I mean, that was something that I watched when I was, uh, when I was growing up into my teens. I think the last time I watched MTV might've been early 2006. I don't even, yeah. I mean, I think I watched it a little here over the years, but I'm so out of the loop with it. Um, I, I watched into the early 2000s, but it was, I don't know. It, it was, it was much better. Yeah. But now what we have is better than MTV ever was. So. Yeah. It's, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Oh. Yeah. Martha. Yeah. And if you wanted to really go back to old MTV, mm-hmm. they do have a station on, um, Sirius XM where you can see all the older VJs like uh, Martha Quinn. Yeah, I think we've talked about that. Before. Nina Blackwood. Yeah. That's the 80s station, right? Yep. So I don't like the uh, Sirius XM, their 90s station. I hope I didn't say this before. And the reason I don't is because they play rap songs on there, but they play the radio edited version of them. And that really drives me crazy because, like, the whole thing about uh, satellite radio was there's supposed to be less censorship. And there are other stations you can listen to on satellite where they don't censor words out of songs. Yeah, they don't. So, so, so you kind of have a mixed bag of everything. I don't like I don't like the 90s station on there. I do like lithium, though, because it's 90s, but it's more like rock and, you know, that type of stuff. Okay. I would love, and they might have it on Sirius, but just a 90s hip-hop station. They probably do. They I'm probably sure. do. I'd have to check around. Because um, that's I, my thing. I told you that there was an, a station here. And I think it's a station here in Portland. And I think it's called Numbers. And um, 
like if you were really into 90s rap um and i don't know what they i don't know what they have about censorship but i remember i was on the bus and i think i was i was meeting you somewhere and um me and the driver were listening to it i'm like i never heard of the station i like this this mm. is like stuff that i grew up listening to and and i think the name of the station is called numbers yeah I've, I've heard you talk about it before i know yeah and and um i don't know um yeah interesting stuff they'll yes i don't like censorship on anything i'm an anti-censorship person i'm very pro free speech babes okay that's gonna make you feel good uh yeah well, I just think that if you don't like what you're listening to, just turn the channel. Exactly. Turn the channel, uh, listen to something else, but don't um, <laughs> uh, don't keep anybody from listening to what they want to listen to. Yeah, why do that? I mean, and why would you want to censor what somebody else is hearing anyway? I mean, I guess if you're a parent and you have kids or something like that. Yeah, I mean, you have the right to, to block those channels if you want. I mean, that yeah. is your family, but... Don't censor anybody else from listening to it if they're not living in your house. So there's a couple things. There's a lot about Sirius that I don't really like. Yeah. I, as as you know, I love that Howard Stern is on Sirius. Yeah. But there's they don't have other talk shows. They they don't have enough other talk shows that I like on Sirius. Really? Outside of Howard, and he takes tons of vacation now, and rightfully wow. so. Like he's you know he's Howard Stern. He's, he's done getting enough. old. Yeah, but I would I would like if there were more like talk shows on that I could listen to and enjoy. Yeah. Um, I don't like that they censor some of their stations. And I heard a rumor, uh-huh. and I don't I need to check into the validity of this that Clear Channel, aka iHeartRadio, mm-hmm. owned a piece of XM. Oh, really? And obviously, Sirius and XM merged uh, like over a decade ago. Okay. So I don't know how much of it is controlled by our iHeartRadio. I know it's not the whole entire thing, but I'm I'm assuming that they have some influence on the programming, which I don't like. What I don't like about Sirius and I've I've been I've listened to um Sirius at people's houses in the past. Yeah. And I don't like that sometimes they'll say um 70s on 7 or 60s on 6, but some of the songs that they play are not from the 60s. I know that stuff drives me crazy. I know too. it's like hey 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 this is not 60s it's like 75 or whatever. Yeah. And I was like what is this or you know the 50s on 5 and then they play like a 60 song. That drives me crazy that too. That does. You know what I would love babes? What's that also, if they did like an, uh, a spin-off 50s channel or 60s channel, but it was all like obscure music that was released during that decade. So yeah. have a lot of foreign stuff or a lot of artists who didn't make it or yeah. maybe popular artists, but played just their or, album cuts. Or a one one hit wonder that had obscure stuff that was never released. Exactly. I mean, I, I there's so much obscure stuff in the 70s. Mm-hmm. and 60s that I had never even heard of. And I'm sure that there's some in the 80s that I've never heard of. There's so much more that uh, Sirius could be doing, I think. I would love a 20s a station and a 30s uh, channel. I know, I know. Yeah. The, you know, the the really early, early stuff, uh, early, early jazz stuff, like, um, you know, from from uh, Louis Armstrong's era to um, Bebop and mm-hmm. stuff like that, you know, because it's good stuff it's very good stuff big band i love big band jazz they do have a 40s channel which plays some big band stuff really yeah 
They don't mix it up with 60 stuff, do they? I don't think so. At least <laughs> not when I've heard it. Yeah, because some channels do, and it's like, what are you doing? I hate that. I know. I hate that. I do like their salsa station is really good, and they have a hip-hop instrumental station. Oh, like. cool. Yeah. No, I like that. I like instrumentals. I do, too. It's different than Muzak. Yes. They yes. probably have a Muzak station, They too. have an elevator music station. My goodness. Who would listen to that? Well, your friend... Uh, one of your friends would listen to it, a local person. You think so? Oh, I think she'd love that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. I, you know, the next time I, the next time I get in contact with her, I should ask her exactly what artist she likes. Mm -hmm. Or is it Muyak? Yes. Uh, yeah. I, we di didn't talk about that. Uh, Jim Seals died recently. Well, yeah. Yeah, that's right. We talked about it privately. I didn't even know that. That was like, how how long ago was this? A couple like weeks week? ago. Wow. Jim he, Seals. Who knew my grandparents. He used to stay with them, according to my mom. Wow. Because Him and uh, Dash Crofts. I believe so, because my mom said that Crofts and, Steel, and Seals stayed with them when she was a kid because they were into the Baha'i faith. Uh -huh. And again, my grandparents were Baha'i missionaries. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, um, I knew a woman uh, that went to a um, a a program with me, and oh. at the time that I met her, she was um, very much into the Baha'i faith. Um, don't know how long she was in it, but um, she wanted uh, one of her nicknames that she wanted to be called was Dash. That's weird. I know, I know, I know, I know. She's she was very into Seals and Cross. Now I like Seals and Cross too, but. Not to that extent. Yeah. Here's a question for you. Yes. Let's say I become religious and I also become conservative, uh -huh. but I become like a conservative Baha'i person. Mm -hmm. How would you feel about that? That would be a little bit strange. Uh -oh. I mean, I all I know about the Baha'is is that they try to unite religion. Yeah. And I don't think you can do that because a lot of them, most of them are monotheistic. Exactly. Um, especially Christianity is very monotheistic. So I don't know that you, I, I heard that it's like one of the most, um, one of the religions that's, that's growing, but I don't know how, I don't know how that would work because it's very, um, it, it tries to unite religions and I don't think it can, I don't think it could happen. I do want to read more books about, or some books about the Baha'i faith only because my mom was raised in it. But whenever I'd ask her about it, she'd say, oh, it's a beautiful religion. And she really wouldn't go any deeper than she, that. She probably didn't, you know, she probably didn't really take a time to understand it. Though, I agree maybe. with you. You know, because it's one thing to say that it's a beautiful religion, but not say why. You know, I'd... you love stories about little kids. What? You love stories about little kids. So I'm going to tell you one right now. I think I might have heard this one. I don't think you've heard it here. Really? So my grandfather, before he became um, a missionary in the Baha'i faith, was like a Christian minister. I don't know if I ever told you this. Yeah, I did. You did. You, okay, you, told, I, me I, about the, you told me about the... Okay, um, I, haven't, I haven't said it here, babe, so let me give the punchline. Okay? So when, I don't know, my mom and sister are like three or four years old, the family decides that they're no longer going to be Christians and that they're going to become members of the Baha'i faith. So some people from my grandfather's old church go over and they try to convince him, you know, you're such a great 
uh, minister. So he was a pastor then. A pastor, minister, something like that. I, I, I'm bad with the terminology, I know. Uh-huh. But they, you know, he should really come back to the church. And he's like, no, I've been doing some research. The Baha'i faith is great. So they go outside and they see my mom and sister and her sister talking on the porch. Yeah. And my grandfather's like, oh, what are you two doing? And my aunt says, Oh, we're we're drinking alcohol. You know, they're little kids. They're pretending. They're like, we're drinking alcohol. We're drinking beer. And and in front but of, but they're him, just pretending. Yeah, yeah. And and he says to them, you know, from the Christian guests, he's like, well, you know, we're Baha'is. We're not allowed to drink. And and my aunt apparently said, oh, that's okay, Dad. We're pretending to be Christians. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> kind of weird, but okay. Oh, oh, oh okay, okay. But yeah. So you're not allowed to drink if you're Baha'i. Apparently, oh. according to that family story. Okay. They're also anti-abortion, apparently. Oh, good. Uh-oh. Okay, what else? Okay, what else? Well, I'm full of abortion. Oh, my goodness. Uh-oh. Yes, we know you're poor mortal, but... Uh-oh. But, but I think we should move on because um, there's a lot of stuff we have to discuss. Yeah, there's uh, many, many, many good things <laughs> that we have to say. Look, can I just say, Bubs, that a, uh, we had a really good dinner last night. We did. No, before we get to dinner, babes, mm-hmm. I understand that you read a little bit more in a book called One Day or Two Days Minus One. Oh, my goodness. Go ahead. Really? <laughs> if there was a drum in here, I would be like, bum bum Yeah. Okay. So the, the last story that I read before I read some more this yes. weekend is um about uh Joel Reisnikoff and Terry Dolan. Both of them were openly gay men and they died of AIDS around the same time. Terry Dolan was openly gay? Uh uh he well well okay okay his his brother knew that he was yeah. but uh, Oh, I'm sorry. Maybe he wasn't openly gay but he he clearly died of AIDS. Yeah, he worked for the um, Reagan administration. They were very anti. And, and, and Anthony Dolan did not. Terry Dolan. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Terry Dolan. Um, I mean, he his brother knew what was going on, but yeah. Terry Dolan wasn't really as open as as Joel Reznikoff was. So, but Terry Dolan's brother worked for Reagan. Yeah. So okay. So I probably would agree with a lot of things that Anthony Dolan um stood for, but I I will give a criticism. Go ahead. And say that he should have been honest about his 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 brother's death, even Mm -hmm. if he didn't agree with his lifestyle. I think he should have been honest and said that he died of AIDS and this is what happened. Um, because, um, AIDS was running, running very rampant, uh, in 1986 when people were still finding out more about uh, finding more about AIDS. Mm -hmm. And even though it was, um, on the surface running, um, rampant in the, the LGBTQ community, then um, he should have been honest about it, even if he didn't agree with what was going on. Um, and then Joel Restikoff's brother was different, and he was um, open about it, and he was willing to talk about it. And um, he was also a the um, uh, a military rabbi. Yeah, which is I was kind of interesting. That too. is kind of cool. And now he Joel Resnikoff's brother and leads up to the time of the writing of the book he had a lot of his brother's old artwork yeah and i heard the artwork was really cool yeah yeah and they were talking about how joel resnikoff had um changed his appearance and 
he had a twinkle in his eye and he was very, he was kind of eccentric mm. in uh, the way that he looked. And, um, but I don't think Terry Dolan was very open about it. Cause he, you know, it's, he, he thought of, you know, his family thought of it differently. It sounded like, and, but I wish that his brother was at least honest about how he really died. Not because he died of a, not that he died of liver cancer. Yeah. Because that's totally different than dying of, a disease that um, take, takes over your entire body. And does it so quickly, too. So quickly, yeah. Especially back then. Back then, yeah. When, yeah. Uh, before um, AZT and the other medications came out. I've wondered, babes, who's been the longest AIDS survivor? And my mind goes to probably Larry Kramer, because I believe he was diagnosed in 84 or 85, uh-huh. and he lived until 2020. Did he really? Yeah. Huh. Um, and I think technically his cause of death was cancer. And and he's related cancer though, right? Yeah. I I could be wrong with that, but it's something like that. I didn't know that he died in 2020. Yeah. He was older though. He was like his late eighties. I want to say. I didn't know that because, um, I remember seeing a clip of him when I took, um, that humanities class in 2002 Mm -hmm. and I thought he died already, but he's, he's been, um, an AIDS activist for a very long time. So, um, yeah, I I um I don't know. I know I I remember I used to watch this um series on I think it was HBO. Yeah. It was called um Life Stories Families in Crisis. Huh. And there was a story about this kid named uh, Joey DePaulo and he got he got AIDS because of a um a blood a blood transfusion yeah, when he was 4. Yeah. That used to happen a lot. Yeah, and um so but I think he's still alive. I and I remember after the after the short film, he was on a TV with his mom and you know talking to parents of um, kids who who um, who come in contact with a child that has AIDS and saying you know just don't you know don't be afraid of this child just because they have a disease that you don't know about. Yeah, and um, I think he's still alive. That's interesting. <laughs> um, and you said that they mentioned in one day the book and the band played on. Yes, they did. That was a really intense book. And I got yeah. that from the library. Like, literally, I think I got it on a Tuesday and society shut down from COVID on Thursday of that week. I remember that because you told me about it. It might have been Monday, but it was something like that. Yeah. And you said it was pretty, it was good, but it was really intense. It was intense. And my mind was going so many different places at the time for obvious reasons. Yeah. That I think I need to reread it. Really? Yes. Because Because it it was just like too weird that it's talking about a disease that at the time people didn't know much about. And in real life, we're dealing with COVID. And. But now do you feel like your mind is a little bit more focused? Yes. Yes. Because because now it, it seems like it's uh, somewhat um, returning back to where it used to be. Yeah, it's like if I read about, um, I don't know, Puffy at the height of 50 Cent, you know, it's like, okay, uh, COVID isn't 50 Cent anymore. The mixtapes aren't as popular. You know, it's not getting as much uh, airplay on the news. So maybe we can chill out for a minute. <laughs> okay. I don't know if that made any sense. <laughs> No, it didn't. Or that, that just made me seem like a completely insensitive asshole comparing um, diseases to famous <laughs> rappers. <laughs> I don't know. Now that the bus uh, has died down over COVID a little bit. Yeah. Um, no, I think... Um, 
got that latest release of COVID. Oh my god. Sorry, go ahead. Oh my god. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Um I wouldn't be surprised if somebody's making a concept album called um The Lockdown or something or they, like COVID. I think they have already. There's a movie that Judd Apatow made. It's a Netflix one. And I think it's about life during the pandemic. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, and other people have done art on it. Okay. Yeah. Um, no, I just thought it was kind of funny that you would compare a disease to Puffy's new uh, or P. Diddy's. Or Popularity. Diddy, or Diddy's popular. I don't know. He keeps changing his name. He does. Is he going to call himself D next? Maybe. Or Itty? I don't know. Babes. Itty Bitty Diddy? <laughs> Oh my goodness. Well, that's what his wife called him in the bedroom, and that's why they divorced. No, I think they're married still. Oh? I think he's still married to Kim Porter. That's what your girl, uh, Jennifer Lopez, used to call him when you, you know, they do it. Jeez. <laughs> oh my goodness. I still can't believe they dated, though. It's just weird. Oh? Yeah, and then I don't know how I, and I'm saying this on his uh on his behalf like I don't know how he could he was able to handle this girl I don't know and then she did that song with the locks and Diddy and the locks I don't know if there's I don't think they're beeping anymore but they had a beep that lasted for years what I, song was it they Jenny from the block the locks oh Jenny from that. the block yeah yeah that's right I I like that one yeah um I think they're cool now actually uh because Diddy did like a bad boy reunion tour yeah. And I wanted to go to it, but it was only on the East Coast. I'm pretty sure the locks was on that tour. I actually did like that song, um, and especially the flute part. It's okay. That flute part was also do, sampled do, do, do. in a uh, Jurassic Five song from do, do, from do, the, do, like, do. their first album. Do, 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 do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we're known as Jurassic, but they call us J Five. Is that that song? No, no, that's a different song. Okay, we're getting in the weeds. Okay. Thing. All right, all right. Well, I just think it's funny that um you <laughs> you compared uh, diseases to uh, rap stars. Thank you, they But you're enjoying the book. Yes, I am. Nice. And it's it's interesting. It's like a mixed bag of stories. Some people died. Some people didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. But babes. Yeah. We made some dinner last night. It turned out really good. Tell me. Um. So what we did was um. We put some chicken and some onion in my slow cooker, and we had that cooking for a couple of hours, right? I'd say like five. Okay, five hours. Well, I mean, we were cooking it on high for a couple of hours, and you turned it down, and we, we had it cook for a while. It was really good. And then uh, we cut up some carrots, uh, celery, potato, and potatoes. Um, you cook them on my stove in my bigger pot and then, uh, and then the rice in a smaller pot and yeah. it actually turned out really good and I'm going to eat leftovers later. Oh, good. I like doing it. Uh, a few things came to mind yeah. is we might want to think, and I know I keep saying this about updating some of your cooking ware yeah. because there's a point where I'm cooking the veg in one of the pots and it's already starting to stick to it even though i was cooking it at a good heat and i put uh, oil on the bottom of it hmm. i emptied the veg and had you wash it out because i know in in the past you've had issues with these pots burning at the bottom did you em in where did you empty it out i think in the bowl in the bowl okay yeah the, okay and then, I, glass bowl, and then if I, I washed I it right. yeah and then i washed it out and then as soon as i was done with that you 
you, put everything back you in. put everything back in and commenced with the cooking yeah um but the the rice turned out really good um i thought the potato was just perfect chicken was great chicken was really tender and the celery and carrots were delicious and so was the onion and it was delicious i'm glad you enjoyed it we only ate one bowl but it was very filling it was very filling, and I thank you for letting me have any little leftovers. Oh, of course there, little Jewel. And I still have some leftovers from the adobo I made um, a couple days ago. Nice. Yeah. And when I come home, because I froze some food, I'm going to have some baked pasta, or baked spaghetti. So you have to thaw that out. Yeah, but that's no big deal. I okay. can do that. Yes. Yes, babes. Yeah. I read a biography of Rock Hudson last week. And mm. last night, we watched two movies with him. We did. <laughs> the first being Big Person. Giant. Giant. Not Big Person, it's okay. Giant. Yes. Do, um, do you want me to give, like, I'm going to try to give a short recap of this movie because it was a long movie. Tell me. Okay. So... um. Elizabeth Taylor's character, whose name is Leslie, I forgot what her last name was. She came from a, I think she came from a well-off family. She's yeah, not as rich as Rock Hutchin, but they're doing okay. They're doing okay, and um, their house was pretty a pretty good size, and they always had a good breakfast. Um, I guess they had like a breakfast trolley, whatever that look it was supposed to look like, and. Um, Things were a little bit more um, elegant, I, I guess you would call it. Mm -hmm. And um, she, I think she was supposed to marry this guy, but she was interested in Jordan Benedict, who was visiting the family. Yes. I'm not sure how they got, I'm not sure how he was connected to them, but he ended up visiting the family. And it wasn't that long after that she married Jordan. And they took a train all the way from Maryland to Texas. And he had this land that his family called Rietta. Hold on. I'm going to have to sneeze. Uh-oh. Uh, it's 500,000 acres. A lot of acres. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's big pimping right there. Bending G. Yep. Um, yeah. So he had 500,000, uh, 500, right? Yes. Acres of land, which is a lot of land. And um, he was taking over that farm along with his, his sister, Luz, who was like the, the mama hen of the place. That was his, his sister. Mm -hmm. She is trying to get used to this because she's used to um, the life in the north. And, Elizabeth Taylor. Yes. And they're yeah. kind of, you know, Luz and her and 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 Jordan are kind of looking down on her because she's a she's from the east and they don't know anything about. She's a Yankee. She's a Yankee, and they're Southerners, and she doesn't know about you know the life of a cowboy and all that. <clears throat> so they have this get together, and it was pretty clear that uh, Luz had her place in the house, and Leslie was trying to take over, and she didn't like it. Luz um, takes it out on her horse on Warwind, which was supposed to be the horse that Leslie um, was going to ride, and uh, hurts the horse to the point where the horse had to be put down, or, or shot rather, and she dies because she got sick. So 
Luz gives the land to Jet Rink, who uh, was a young guy that uh, Jordan knew. And not all of the land, just like a small part of it. Yeah, just a small part of it. And he decided to do something with it. He decides, well, somehow he decides that he's going to keep it because uh, Rock Hudson tries to offer him double the value of it in money. But the guy says, no, I'm going to keep the land. And he discovers oil on it. Yep. And he becomes rich off of that oil. Mm -hmm. Go on, please. Time goes by. Elizabeth Taylor and Rock Hudson has have kids. Three kids. Yeah. And Rock Hudson, in my opinion, in this movie, is a little bit too into this land. He's very intent. Yeah, about the land. And it's like, bro, come on. There's more th stuff in life than land. I get it. And, it's cool. But. And also, he wants to keep up with the family tradition, and he wants his son to take over it. Yeah, and not only that, but he is really upset when anybody suggests that maybe they dig for oil on his land, even though he, he'd make a lot more money doing that. Mm -hmm. Um. Kids grow up. The son, Jordy, doesn't want to be a farmer. He decides that he would be better as a doctor. And yep. this is going around along around the same time as World War II starts. Yep. Because at one point, the daughter is with her man, and we hear a report about uh, Pearl Harbor. Right, and the, the, the daughter is the one who wants to have a, a, a small farm with her husband. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then... The youngest girl, Luz, she's kind of um, enamored with Jet Rink, who's played by James Dean. Yeah. The one that has the, um, who's very rich and uh, because of the oil. Um, and she's kind of, she's not very smart. She's kind of flighty. She's sort of, you know, kind of vain and is not that mature yet. No. Um Jordy ends up marrying a Mexican lady, Juana. And back then, that was a huge deal. Yeah, back then in the 50s, apparently. 40s. Um, 40s, okay. Sorry. When the movie's based. No, 40s. Yeah. Uh, back in the 40s, that was a big deal. And, um, you know, I thought it was very interesting when, um, you know, Jordan, um, Rock Hudson's character, didn't want his wife associating with um, the Mexicans, especially the the doctor who helped this Mexican family. Well, with he didn't. It was their doctor, and Elizabeth Taylor sort of early on in the movie hears a crying baby and goes to help it, and she realizes that she's going to need a doctor. Yeah, and uh, Jordan didn't want her using their family's doctor because of race and class issues. Right, exactly. Mm -hmm. So, so I found it very interesting that, um, you know, um, Jordan said things like, well, I thought she was a very nice girl when you met her, but then, um, when you married her, that was a different story because I, I knew that you're going to have some problems. Referring to Jordy, yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and, and it, and I know I'm skipping some things, so there's yeah, like a lot a of things in it. Movie. But he he basically changed his mind after Jordy confronted him and said, "You know, I can't believe it's my own father that's that's saying this stuff." And um, and uh, literally um, confronting his dad, and then his dad ends up getting into a brawl with uh, this guy that owns a restaurant and bar because he wouldn't accept his um, Mexican daughter-in-law and the family. Well. That's near the end of the movie. Yeah, I know. So they have some kids. Jordy and your girl have some kids. Have a son. Yeah. And Elizabeth Taylor takes 
her grandkids out, one of them being Jordy's son. Yeah. To this place with the dad, with um, Rock Hudson. The grandpa, yeah. And the guy who runs the place is like a sergeant, and he's yeah. racist, but you can tell he's willing to serve them because they're rich, even though they have a Mexican grandkid. But they're not willing to serve the elderly um, family. Yeah, and he, may, he even makes a sly kind of racist comment about them. Yeah, yeah. Um, and your man, another a Mexican family enters the place, and he kicks them out because they're not rich and there's no right. white people with them. Right. Rock Hudson stands up, and your man and him get into a fight. Yep. And that's pretty much close to the end of the movie. There's one more scene where he's talking with Elizabeth Taylor. And then we see the two grandkids. One's uh, Mexican, the other's white. And that's where the movie closes. Yep. I like this movie. It reminded me a lot of Gone with the Wind. It did, but in a different way. Because in both movies, there's... I mean, in Gone with the Wind, obviously, it's about uh, uh, the Civil War. But it's also a lot about land. Because her and the family talk about Tara. In this movie, they talk about what's the name of it? Um, uh, Rietta. 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 Yeah. Right. And and um, you know, and 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 Jet's part of the land was called. He called it Little Rietta. Little Rietta. Yeah. Uh, great rap name too. Little Rietta. And in both movies, somebody dies from a horse accident. There's a woman who, a female who dies from a horse accident. That's that's right. And the little girl in um, Bonnie Blue and Gone with the Wind dies. Yep. Yeah. Very sad. Um, the movies touch on race a lot in different ways. Right. So in my mind, there's a lot, as I'm watching this movie, I, I find myself thinking about Gone with the Wind a lot. Yeah. Did you feel um, the same way? <laughs> kind of. I mean... It was, it was, it was, there were similarities, but there were uh, vast differences, da- vast differences too. Mm-hmm. I did like that in Gone with the Wind, it didn't touch just on, you know, because every time I hear something about race, it always touches on white and black issues. Yeah. And I'm glad it was uh, uh, dealing with whites and uh, Mexicans. I like that too. It wasn't just white and black, even though um, they did have black um, slaves. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I'm glad they, they took it. Well, uh, well, they didn't in uh, Giant. They didn't have black black slaves. I thought they did. They may have had black workers, but um, this I is mean after black slavery. workers. I'm sorry, black workers, but the but the um, black workers and Mexican workers. But yeah. but I'm glad that they um, they were um, focusing on the Mexican workers and the um, the Mexican culture instead of just you know white and black culture. I. Like the performance, but as the character goes, I hated Rock Hudson's character. Oh, it's, he was terrible. I could not get up. Why is he so obsessed with this land? Yeah, and then why is he making his um his son be just like him? You know, like riding a horse, like a cowboy, and and yeah. it, and clearly, when his son was a little boy, he just didn't like it. He's like, he just wanted to get off. And of he it. put him on the horse when he's like four. Yeah, it's it's kind of dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um. I would wait until the child was a little bit older because, you know, they have to be careful that the horse might butt them off. Yeah. Um, I would, or I would be with the, I would be next to the child on the horse instead of leaving the child on it. Exactly. You know what I mean? Cause exactly. he did. And he's like, no, I don't want this. And, and, and Elizabeth Taylor, I remember when she, um, she was confronting him because this whole party was happening and she's like, you know, I'm going to tell you the da 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 And she's like, you know, you're really cute when you're riled up. And it kind of reminded me of you. 
Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and she she liked it when he got into that brawl with uh with the Sarge because she never seen him that way. I liked him in that scene too, because he seems less of like a crazy person and more like a human being who's sown some growth in the movie. Well, and then there was also the scene of um, sexism too, because he told Leslie that um, this is men's stuff. We're talking about politics and women shouldn't be talking. And then the women were shooed away and I'm like, wow, there's some sexism in here too. And 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 it seemed to me like Leslie was a little bit more open to discussing things mm-hmm. and um to learn about people's cultures because she wanted to learn about the Mexican workers that were hired to yeah. work for them. But there was also a lot more sexism in our culture in the fifties <laughs> when true. this film was made. Very true. Very true. Yes. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, there was a lot of there was a lot of different topics in this movie and it was a lot of, um, uh, I thought it was interesting too about what happened with, uh, Jet because he became a rich guy, but he was still a drunk. I think he became yeah. an alcoholic after he got that money. After he got that money? It, because it's implied that he's just like this humble guy at the beginning Yeah, yeah, of it's the true, movie. it's true. And yeah. then the money kind of corrupts him in a way. Right. And uh, I think Les really thought some, Les really thought something of him, and then he would she was just so disappointed. Yeah. After she saw that he was very drunk, and um, but it was even I mean I I didn't know when he told until he told me that he he died during the making of the movie. Yes, but I think he had shot all the scenes that he was going to make for this film, and it was yeah. just the other actors were working on uh, wrapping the film up. Right. Uh, so it's not like we would have gotten more James Dean in this film. It's, that's my understanding. Yeah. I said some, something to you last night that's going to be a little bit controversial. Mm-hmm. I watched Rebel Without a Cause in a film class back in, I want to say, 1999. And I watched it as a teenager as well. I think I watched it in my, um, I think I might have watched it in my U.S. history class. We saw East of Eden a few months ago. Yeah. And now we're watching this movie, or we watch this film. Yeah. I kind of think, and maybe it's just because I wasn't living back in the 50s, that James Dean is a little bit overrated. I would agree, actually. And we only, but we only saw like three of his movies. But he only, those were the only ones that he had a big role on. He had smaller parts in a few other films, but these are the ones that he's known for. I kind of think that the reason why people are so obsessed with, how he died and when he died is because he died so young and probably because of his looks. Because of his looks and he died at the height of his fame. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I said. You said so young, but... Well, you know what I mean. Okay. The height of his fame still... It could be different. Like Estelle Getty, if she would have died at 90, she would have died at the height of her fame. That's true. You know. That is true. Yeah. Um, But I think I think mainly it was because of his good, you know, movie star looks. That's what I'm thinking. I agree with you. Um, especially in Rebel Without a Cause. I mean, I guess it's in the title because there is no cause. Because his parents have a good marriage. He has a social circle. I mean, if anything, you would say Sal Minio is the one with the cause because he's gay. And he's living in the straight world. But meanwhile, James Dean's parents love him. And there's a scene in the movie that infuriates me but also makes me laugh. Where the 
the, it's near the end of the film. The dad is kind of like cooking and playing with the little daughter. Oh, yeah. And James Dean is acting all crazy. And the dad is like calm and loving to him. Uh, and I remember. And, 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 and you're. Yeah. I remember watching that scene almost laughing at it because it's like usually if a teenager is mad at their parents, he has a good reason for it. But there is no good reason. It's just the, 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 the dad is just trying to be a dad to um, his sister and, and him. I believe the mom was also in the household too. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, he, I mean, yeah, I mean, I was thinking, wow, the parents are really trying to be loving parents to him (laughs) and, he really doesn't have a cause. It's like, what, what are you, what are you angry about? This yeah. <laughs> is nothing. Yeah, nothing to be angry. I mean, your parents love you a lot. Um, you have a good social circle. You're not suicidal, but you're angry about what? I the film sort of focused more on Sal Minio, in okay. my opinion. Okay, I, I need to see it again because I haven't. I mean, I've only seen it once. Me too. Yeah, it might be better the second time. We could see it next week. I don't know. Let's let's talk about that because mm. there are so many other better movies that we have to watch. Oh, you, you still haven't seen Raging Bull, um. so that's a possibility too. There, and we had discussed last night watching Soap Disc, which I'm a little bit on the fence on, but I, I'll mm. go with that if you want to. I heard of a movie called My Giant. That I've never seen. I heard that's really bad. Is it? That's one with Billy Crystal. What is that one about? So I never saw it, but I saw the previews for it when it came out in like March of 98. Mm -hmm. If memory is correct, he's a sports agent or Hollywood agent who finds this giant Mm -hmm. and brings him to America. Okay. And it got really bad reviews. Did it really? Yeah. Okay. And I remember watching Film Fever, which is a show that Alana used to love. No, no, I never watched it. You did. Okay. I never watched it. <laughs> they said it was really bad, too. But Siskel and Ebert, I believe, gave it two thumbs down. No, I never watched it. But I did watch a little bit of Mystery Science Theater, which was a really weird, weird show. My mom loved that show, and I could never get into it. It was a weird show because you got these guys that are, like, making these really dumb commentaries. No, I, I've seen it before. I just didn't, yeah. I just didn't like it. I, I didn't get it. Actually, not just my mom. I knew other people who really liked it. I didn't really get it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I never I never watched Film Fever. Yeah. I think we should skip My Giant and, and focus on watching good movies. Because <laughs> ah. <laughs> there are so many good movies out there that we haven't seen. Oh, goodness. So I told you that I was watching the Siskel and Ebert list of best films from 1994. Yep. A film that they mentioned on there that I haven't seen, mm-hmm. but was pretty high on Roger Ebert's list. Uh, was uh, The Last Seduction with Linda Fiorentino. Oh, what's that one about? I don't think I remember. If memory serves, she is with a man and they like rob a bank Mm -hmm. and she leaves him behind to face the charges. And then it's about her trying to seduce another man to do the same thing. Oh, wow. Yeah, it sounded really interesting. Huh, that might be a, that might be one. We got some possibilities there. Yes. It's almost it, that almost reminds me of well, kind of that almost reminds me of Devil and Double Indemnity, but it I don't think anyone's killed in that one in a uh, The Last Seduction, right? I don't know. <clears throat> I haven't seen it. Okay. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of good movies we got to watch. There's a lot of documentaries we haven't really seen. Oh. Yeah. So there's some stuff to watch there. J. Okay, so now we're gonna get now we're gonna go to the next movie. Oh, well, before we do that, what? would you recommend 
uh, giant to any family members? And if so, what's um, your elevator pitch? I would say that um, I would I would give them a, a disclaimer and say that there is some racist stuff and sexist stuff in there. But it is, I mean, I would give it at least a strong seven. Nice. Um, there's a lot of good things in it, but there's a lot of stuff that it's like, whoa, I can't believe they went there. Um, I'd give it a seven. Yeah. Yeah. I give it a seven. Um, Elizabeth Taylor and Rock Hudson, um, had really good performances, except I didn't like Rock Hudson's character. Yeah, but he's good in the movie. It's just his character itself that we don't it's, like. It's horrible, yeah. Yeah. But, but he's very good. I'm glad I've seen it. I don't know if I'll watch it again. I've heard it's based on a book. I could see you reading it. Right. Yeah. But we watched another movie, babes. If you have any information. Oh, my goodness. Tell me now. Okay, so this one starred uh, Rock Hudson. Roberto Stack. And Robert. Stop that. What? Robert Stack and Lauren McCall. Yeah. Uh, I think you should give the recap on this one. All right. So basically, Lauren Bacall is this girl in the city. She's living her life. And she meets Rock Hudson one day. They go out for lunch. And Rock Hudson is friends with this dude named Ian. No, no not Ian. His his name is um, Kyle. Kyle. Kyle Hadley. And um, um, he's Mitch Wayne. Kyle is played by uh, Rob Stack. And um, uh, Mitch Wayne is um, is played by... Uh, Rock Hudson. Rock Hudson. And uh, Lauren McCall is Lucy Moore. Yeah. And every time I hear the name of Kyle, I think of Kyle and the kids. <laughs> if you've seen BoJack Horseman. <laughs> my opinion, best animated series ever. Even better than The Simpsons. Oh, my goodness. Not God. that you asked. Oh, my goodness. No, I didn't ask. Okay. I don't know if anybody else did. Kyle is a super rich dude. Uh, got his money from his family and your buddy uh, Rock Hudson. I keep calling him my buddy. I thought you two were friends. No. Okay. I don't know these people, Bubs, and they're dead. Okay. <laughs> well, whose fault is that there? Jay It's not mine. Well, I don't know. Go <laughs> <laughs> on. Come on, Bubs. Um, Rock Hudson used to date Kyle's sister, but we find that out later. Yeah. They go off, meaning Lucy, Kyle, and Rock Hudson to Florida. Uh-huh. And she tries to leave early because Kyle gets her this really nice hotel room, but she thinks, oh, what's what else is attached to this? Kyle goes after her. Yeah. They get married. Yep. And things are going pretty well for a while. Until uh Marilee enters, who is his uh very uh well. What? Well, hold on. Hold on. I still think that things are going well when C comes into the picture for a while. Yes, for a while. But Kyle really loves that song, Kyle and Oh, the my kids. goodness. Oh, my goodness. No, he doesn't. And uh, he wants his own kids so he can make that music. Oh, jeez. Maybe I may have exaggerated slightly. He made it up completely. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, but Kyle really does want to be a dad. He does want to be a dad and... He goes to the doctors, and it's implied that um, he isn't sterile, but... There's going to be some issues. There's going to be some issues, but they want to... Uh, he wants to work with him so that they can have... Him and uh, Lucy can have kids. Now, my man Kyle had a little bit of a drinking problem before he met Lucy. And hearing this news makes him fall off the wagon. 
It yeah. also doesn't help that his sister uh, kind of gallivants around with other guys and is yeah. still into Rock Hudson's character's name. He, she's still in love with Mitch and she Mitch. Um, vows to um, be with him, either married or not. So yeah, he, she's very obsessed with him. But she tries to plan it in Kyle's head. Hey, Mitch and Lucy have something going on. And it's, it's kind of making him spin out of control over this. Meanwhile, Mitch yep. is just trying to help with Lucy. Yeah. They don't know what's up at first. Yeah. They talk to the doctor, Lucy does, and finds out that, hey, this is just... We think this might be an issue, but by the way, you're pregnant. And she's pregnant, yep. They go back. Kyle's really drunk. And there's a scene where Lucy tells Kyle, hey, you're going to be a dad. He gets upset thinking that she's hiding a pregnancy from Mitch. <clears throat> Kyle hits her. She falls to the ground and miscarries. Yep. Kyle leaves, comes back later that night, throws everything around the house, finds a gun, and is going to shoot the both of them. But Mitch tries to grab the gun from him. It goes off and it ends up slowly killing Kyle. Yep. There's a trial. And your girl, Mary Lee. Yeah, Mary Lee. Goes up on the court stand and says, I'm the one who tried to get the gun away from my brother and it went off. Mitch gets cleared of all charges. He leaves with Lucy. Mary Lee is has all the money, the big and house, but no one to love. But here's the thing I didn't get. Go ahead. Because I thought she was going to throw Mitch under the bus. I did too. But she ended up saying, you know, she ended up in, um, saying that, well, you know, Kyle killed himself because he was very depressed. Yeah. And I thought it was interesting too that before the whole trial happened, Mitch said, you know what? Um, things aren't going to change if you were with me. Mm -hmm. And I think he, he was very right to say that because she never changed. Um, she, she, she got even, um, horribly jealous when, um, uh, when Kyle, you know, was, was doing well for himself and he was married to, uh, Lucy and she was jealous of that because she didn't, she, um, she became very bitter and very sore about a lot of things. I really liked the first half of Written on the Wind. Yeah. But for me, it started to fall apart in the scene in the diner where the doctor is talking to Robert Stack and he starts to freak out. He gets up to leave and we see him walk by this little boy who's riding a horse with yeah. a smile on his face. Right, right. From there on out, it felt like a bad maybe 60s or early 70s TV movie. It did. It, 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 to me, it almost sounded like a really bad uh, Lifetime movie that it it could have been like that. It mm -hmm. was... and then And then there was a lot of holes in it too, like... You know, if anything, um, you know, Kyle wanted kids. Why would he get mad at Lucy after she said, oh, by the way, we're we're going to have a baby. And then he automatically thinks, I mean, I know that Mary Lee, Mary Lee was planting uh, seeds of doubt in his head. Yeah. Which was really, really horrible. But why couldn't he ask her, hey, by the way, are you, is something going on with you and Mitch? He just assumed And he it. just assumed it like, oh, no, you're having a baby with my best friend. And when he didn't even do any research on that. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was kind of interesting. And and poor Lucy. Yes, you had to go through all Lucy. that. Poor Lucy. She was a victim in all that. She wasn't even she wasn't even around when um when Kyle died. I don't think. I think the performances are pretty good. I think my problem <clears> is more with the direction of the latter half of the film and the screenwriting. 
Yeah, and I and it was weird because um, Rob. I mean, I've always thought of Robert Stack as you unsolved know the the, uns, the unsolved mysteries guy, yeah, right? Yeah, me too. But it was so weird to um, see him in a drunken rage on screen. I agree. It was just very. It was just so weird, you know. Like he could he could be drunk and try to kill his wife and his sister and his best friend. I wonder what it was like for Robert Stack to be a star in the 40s and 50s. Then he kind of, I mean, I guess he did things, but he wasn't as popular. And then he has this resurgence in his career for hosting this really scary show <laughs> to little kids. <laughs> well, little kids shouldn't be watching it. I watched it as a little kid. And so I did, did too. You. Yeah. I, I did too. I always thought I mean, that it was a scary show for little kids. It was, a, it was a scary show for little kids, especially if they did the, the when they did the reenactments. And the music. Do, 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 do. That was scarier than uh, Dateline in 2020. I think Unsolved Mysteries was scary. Oh, I think Unsolved Mysteries to me was one of the scariest shows I've ever seen. I, I liked it, though, but yeah. I can understand why a little kid shouldn't watch it. <laughs> I think I watched it, like, I might have been, like, 10, 11, 12. I don't remember when. I but... was younger than that. I think I was, like, 6 when I started watching it. No, I didn't watch it that young. Now, I, I've heard that the people who composed the movie also did uh, other songs for, or composed the, the, the music, music for Unsolved Mysteries, <laughs> composed other music, and they actually kind of jokingly went into Unsolved Mysteries thinking, let's make music that'll make kids want to run out of the room. Are you sure it's what they said? That's what I heard they said. Really? And that kind of, it makes it a little bit more easier to digest to me. It's... If they were kind of doing it, it's like a fun thing, but we just misinterpreted because we were small. <laughs> But even to this day, that theme um, song gives me the chills. The scary, yeah, that's just, that's probably one of the scariest theme songs I've ever heard in my life. But um, I mean, I um, yeah, yeah, and it, it was kind of a scary show. I mean, it didn't scare me that much because I I watched it during the day, not at night. Oh, uh, we but, watched it during the night, right oh, before no, bed. Oh no, wait, wait, did I watch it during? I think I did watch it during the night, but I was watching it with other people, so I wasn't like by myself when I watched it at night, but. But but his voice and the music, it's like, if you yeah. have any information. This story, on, this story may be a hoax. You know what I thought was kind of a scary um, show, too? What's that? Not quite as scary as Unsolved Mysteries, but um, Rescue 911 with uh, William Shatner. I, I thought that was fun. I didn't. You didn't think that you didn't no. think that was scary at all? No, I was way more scared by Unsolved Mysteries. Okay. I don't think I ever got scared watching much scary. I I mean because it's always it's always. Like I I got there. a little bit scared watching America's Most Wanted. That's natural. I did too. I mean, because when they did the reenactments, I hated that. Mm. I hated the reenactments. They 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 freaked me out so badly. It wasn't the story that scared me with the um the unsolved mysteries and all that, but the the scariest thing was the reenactments because I thought wow. they were real. There were so many crazy stories and unsolved mysteries that kind of stick with me. Yeah. Like, I remember this one about this doctor who used to hit on women and he was a psychologist, but he'd give them these date rape medications or these. Oh, like this, roofies? Well, no, but they was in cocktail form, but instead oh, of this, like, like raping them, a lot of them would die when they fell asleep. Oh, jeez. Yeah. I don't remember that one. Uh, there were other ones too that were just, like, over the top scary. I think there was one that I heard, and I think it was on Unsolved Mysteries, about this woman. Um, I forgot what her name was, but she was this this babysitter who was taking care of this family's kid. And somehow the kid died that in her care. Me. 
and I and I forgot. Yeah, it was it was a little bit scary, and I, I don't remember if it was Unsolved Mysteries or another show, but it was um it was not good. They have the Unsolved Mystery stuff online. You know, Netflix tried to do a reboot of it a couple of years ago. Oh, it might be scarier. No, I tried watching an episode. Yeah, and at least from what I could tell, they didn't even have the music. They tried to change it from the original. I believe how they did it, and again, I'm going off of memory, is each week they would focus on one case or each episode, and they didn't have a host, so it would be the people telling their stories. Huh. Yeah. But but Pluto TV has the original Unsolved Mysteries. I believe Amazon Prime, you can also find it there, too. Oh, wow. I, part of me wants to watch it, but part of me thinks I'd still be freaked out by it. <laughs> Well, don't don't um, expect me to watch it with you on Halloween, bubs. That would freak me out. Didn't they make fun of Unsolved Mysteries on that show, Dinosaurs? No, what happened? I thought they did where uh, something happened with the family and they had like a mystery that they couldn't solve. And they go in and the dad's like, how do you have so many mysteries each week? And he's like, actually, the host of the show is like, actually, we only have four. But we just lost one. And so we need a new one. <laughs> Was Robert Stack on this on the? Uh, no, it was somebody okay. pretend, you know doing their interpretation. I was thinking. I was thinking about that scene with uh, uh, Robert Stack in the body cavity uh, searches. That um, when you were telling me about that, I some thought head to America. That had to be really. That had to be a really fun scene to that shoot. That was great. Was well, it's it animated. No, 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 no. I know it's animated, but what what did he what what was he doing? Like, did he just say like, okay, I've got to search you? No, he would tell other people uh, who are FBI agents. Don't stop until you reach the back of their teeth. Or, or you know what we got to do? A body cavity search. This <laughs> is Robert Stack voice. Yes. <laughs> do they both get body cavity searched? No, Beavis and Butthead I don't think got one. But everybody else who met him them along the way got body cavity searches. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Thank you. Can you imagine if he was alive and he was like, my credits include uh, um, the leader of the FBI that ordered ordered people to give body cavity searches on Beavis and Butthead Do America. Yes. <laughs> was he also in other funny scenes in different movies that you remember? Not really. I don't know much of his work, um, except for what we've seen together in Beavis and Butthead Do America. What was the name of that movie that we saw with the much younger Robert Stack? And he was the... In the um, play? Yes. He I was, forgot the name of it, but that was really good. It was a really good movie. And he was a handsome um, actor that was um, uh, that was in love with the woman who was married. Yeah. With the, the, the husband was in the play, too. I like that film. That was a fun film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's good, babes. That was a better film than uh, Written on the Wind. I just didn't, I, I couldn't, I don't know if I could recommend it. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, if it, if the storyline was a little bit better, yeah, I probably would. But, and it's, it's, um, Written on the Wind is a very intriguing title. It is. Isn't it? You would think it would be actually an intriguing story but it wasn't that intriguing to me i might just like lauren bacall when she's working with humphrey bogart she was so good they're great in those movies together key largo the haves and the have nots to have and have not or to have and have i'm sorry the big sleep the big sleep couple other ones what's that one we watched last weekend that was really good with the two of them oh um oh uh 
That was that was the one where he was running away. Yeah. Um. What is it called? What is it called? I know what it's called. It's on the tip of my tongue here. This is why I'm glad we do this, so we don't have to remember everything. Um. Let me think now. Oh. Um. Oh, what was it called? It wasn't fugitive. It was. It was. He was running away from the the cops. But he had broken out of San Quentin prison. Yes. Yeah. You had to listen to the the, the last one. Okay, but irregardless of that, he, they, that was a good movie too. Yeah, and yes. then uh, and then uh, she nonchalantly said, "Well, I think he wants someone to murder, so he came over here." Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I liked. I like how she said it. That was great. Yeah, they were really they were really good in that one. Um, yeah, you're not gonna remember. I forgot what it's That's called. That's okay. I did too. It's gonna drive me crazy. I have to good. listen to the other one. It was good. It was good. Yes. It was after we watched uh, Gone Baby Gone. Yeah, that was a good movie too. What was that called? It's gonna drive me crazy, but it's not the end of the world, babes. You forgot the title. I get things wrong all the time. I know, but I, I, it's gonna drive me crazy, bud. Oh my goodness. It's gonna drive me crazy. Ask Miss A what movies was Humphrey Bogart in with Lauren Bacall. Alexa. What were the movies that Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall were in? Uh-oh. That's what it was, Dark Passage. Yeah, Dark Passage was Dark Passage, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, Dark Passage. Um... Excellent movie. Yes. But. But he was also good in movies without her too. Like the, the, the comedy where, uh, where that one lady was trying to um, get with this guy and, and they were all on a boat. Beat the devil. Yeah. Yep. That was funny. That was good. Yeah. Good actor there. Jay, whoa. Yeah. The film we watched last night, not so good. I, I wonder what it would have been like if he got with uh, Lauren Bacall um, and they ended up starring in uh, Casablanca together. She would have been too young. <laughs> she was oh. only like 17 when that movie came out. Oh, I didn't realize that. Maybe even a little bit younger. Because he was much older than her, right? He was. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh, but that's a great movie, too. I don't know if I'd say Casablanca is like the... I know when American Film Institute does the ratings of the best mm-hmm. movies ever made, it's usually like in the top five. Yeah. I don't know if I'd place it that high, but it's a great movie. Because when I remember hearing about Casablanca, I heard it was like one of the most romantic movies ever. Yeah. It's really good, though. It is very good. Yeah. yeah. Solid movie. I didn't realize she was she would have been that young because he was like 50-something when he died and she was only 20-something. Yeah. Uh, something like that, yeah. Wow. I didn't think, but, but it's interesting because she seemed older as a 20-something and, um, of course... Humphrey Bogart was a Humphrey Bogart was already in his fifties, mm-hmm. but they seemed to have a lot of chemistry together. They did. Well, I yeah. think he was in his forties when they met. His forties, yeah. But when he died, he was in his fifties. Okay. Yeah. Good stuff. They but he wasn't. He wasn't married to her for that long. It sounds like he was married to her for a while. Okay. Yeah, maybe ten years. Okay. Well, oh, 10 years is a good time. Is a good while, especially when it ends in death. Oh, yes. I feel sad. He died, babes. I know. I know. I wish he would have lived longer. 
Um, it would have been interesting to see what he would have been like in his seventies. Did you say? Yeah, 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 I would, I would wonder that too. Did you say that? Um, of all the funny names that husbands and wives call each other, did you say that Clark Gable used to call his wife Ma? That's what he called Carol Lombard. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like Bogart is interesting too because I know you don't see, but when I think about Humphrey Bogart, I usually think of him in black and white. Because that's, yeah. that's how most of his iconic films are shot in. Oh, yeah, I understand that. Yeah. I get that. Good stuff, Theage. Whoa. But, yeah, him and Lauren Bacall, I mean, excellent. Yes, yes, yes. Chemistry. Yes. And then we talked for a while before getting ready for bed. Well, we well, forgot. We, we ate all the ice cream. Um, that was between the, the two movies. Between the two movies. So um, we ate some good ice cream. Yes, yes. The ice cream that I wasn't going to get, but I ended up getting it by accident. I offered to eat it all for you. <laughs> so you didn't have to live with the mistake you made. No, it was a good, it was a good mistake. It was a, it was a happy accident, I would call it. Well, good. Isn't that what older people say when they conceive a kid at like 49? An accident? A happy accident. No. Okay. I thought that's no. what they said. Happy accident. Yeah. Okay. What a if? surprise. I heard it. I heard it called a surprise. Oh. I heard um, you know them having a baby at an older age is a surprise. That's weird. Not an accident. That would suck to have like really old parents. I've heard. I I, I never met anyone. No, actually, I've I known did. people like that. Actually, I did. Um, I went to school with this girl. I won't mention her name. And she was the youngest of three kids, and both of the kids were like 10 plus years older than her, and her parents were like super old. I have a friend of mine, and she's the youngest of nine kids. Good grief. Yeah. Do you still keep in contact with her? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I tell you who she is, but I don't say names here. But you've talked about her many times. Yes. Nine kids. Youngest of nine. And how old is the oldest one? That I could not tell you. Wow. But according to her, there's like a big age spread. Good week. Because her dad was like really old when she was born. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I don't know how old um, this girl's parents were, but she was definitely like older than my, I mean, the, the, the parents were older than my parents. And I didn't even think of my parents as being old. But that's because your parents started young. They were getting after her from a young age. Well, they were only... You know, 23 and 21. Yeah. You know, they weren't super, super young, but they were young enough. That's, in my mind, that's super young math kids. Well, I mean, that's super young in, you know, when you think about the, um, in the, um, the 80s, right? Yeah. That is super young, but, I mean. They were in a premarital sex. And, ah! ah! Bugs! What? We're not supposed to talk about No! We're not, supposed to talk about, we're not supposed to talk about certain things here, babes. That's what I said. Okay. Loves. Well, let's change the subject. You do it again, I'll tickle you. Sorry, babes. But they were young, though, is what I'm trying to say. They were young. Yes. They were young. Oh, good. I mean, if you're going to mention them, then I should mention your other friend. Mm-hmm. Oh, did I have a friend who had kids at a young age? Or yes, it? you do. And I know this person. At a young age? Yeah. Oh, that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah that yeah. one. Yeah, that yeah. one. Yeah. That one. Yeah, but even he says that that's weird. Like, like my friend isn't yeah, like, we had kids at a young age and that's super normal. He tells me that that's weird and that it's, you know. That, that they shouldn't have had them that young? I don't know if he phrases it quite like that, but he says that it's weird being the age that he is now and having kids I, as old as they are. I know because, I mean, by the time, you know, 
by the time my parents were in their 40s, I was already 16. And that isn't, you know, as young as if they had us when, when they were um, 18 and 20. You know what that friend told me, babes? That he knows somebody from, from, you know, where he lived when he was a kid. Mm-hmm. I think he said that they had kids. He knows a couple who had kids in like the eighth grade. What? Yeah. And they were still together? I don't know if they're still together. Oh, good grief. Yeah. I knew. So. I knew somebody, I, I went to um, this program in D.C. in 99. Mm-hmm. Um, it was right before I turned 19. And there was a kid who already had a five-year-old and he was 17. That is insane to that me. Is, isn't that insane? Yeah. I'm like, I wasn't even thinking about that when I was 12. I was thinking about I wasn't even. I, was, I, wasn't, I, wasn't I wasn't thinking anything. about having any babies when I was 12. I was a hornball at 12, so I was thinking about getting with girls, but I wasn't, you know, doing it. A big walking hornball. Oh, my goodness. Why do you I remember, so I'll I'll finish with this, and then we can talk about something else. Go ahead. I remember when I was a kid, I was eight, I was um in eighth grade. I was about 14, and in my English class, we read a, a short story called um, Bonnie's Real Life Doll. Okay. And it was a story about this girl that got pregnant when she was 14, and then she... um. She had the baby for a while, and then she ended up giving the baby up for adoption. And I'm like, 14 is super young. Yeah. To be thinking about having, and I even thought I, w- I even thought that 13 and 14 was young when I was that age. And I'm like, I cannot imagine somebody having a baby at 12. That is crazy stuff to me. It is, and you know, it's they're not the mind. Their minds aren't even mature yet, and the by the time that the baby is seven, uh, the, the baby is five. The the mom and dad would be like 17. I'm like, I can't even imagine. Okay, that. here's a weird question for you. Yeah. Let's say somebody has <laughs> parents who are like billionaires and they're mm-hmm. super rich. Mm-hmm. Um, and they decide at 12 that they want to start a family. Yeah. Like it's still wrong, but is it as wrong as if somebody who doesn't have access to certain things has kids? As my stomach makes some weird Well, noise. I mean, we we know now that kids uh brains don't develop until like after they're 25 yes. right now now we know for for certain that the brain doesn't develop until after they're 25 mm-hmm. and i know that kids have gotten married really like like teenagers like 15 14 have gotten married really young a long time ago which yeah. i think is really weird yeah. but that's what they did um i mean loretta lynn was married by the time she was 13 mm-hmm. which i think which i thought was kind of weird too but things were different back then. But I think now that we know that the brain isn't fully developed until after 25, they shouldn't be getting married at that age. It would be really interesting because sometimes they do films about, like, young parents. Yeah. Like, Molly Ringwald was in some film in, like, the 80s where she got pregnant at a young age. Oh, was that Pretty in Pink? No, no, that's not Pretty in Pink. It was some other film. And I think Polly Shore had a small role in it. But Really? Yeah, but outside of that, I I would be interested to see a film where two teenagers, one of them gets pregnant, they decide to keep the kid, but they're both like super rich, like next level rich, and see well, what's I, it like being a teenage parent when you have billions I, um, of dollars? I've your, I've never seen movies you know. like that. I mean, I've seen <clears throat> I've seen Lifetime movies with young unwed parents. Yeah, but most of the time they were poor. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I don't know. That would be an interesting kind of like cool way to see a film. Or a right. cool film to see rather. 
Yes. I don't know. I don't know what they are. Well, <clears throat> we could call it a billion dollar baby. Yeah, but there's already a million dollar baby. Yeah. With a Hillary Swank. I know. Yeah, so I don't think that could be billion dollar baby. Okay. What else? Yes, babes. Yes, yes. yes. Million dollar baby. Million dollar baby. I did not see that movie, but I heard it was good. Yeah, I've heard that too. I've heard it's a bit intense. I heard it's a bit intense. I also heard that the movie she did, um, Boys Don't Cry, is pretty intense. I think she's from... Um, South Africa, right? No, you're thinking Shirley uh, Theron. Oh, I'm sorry. No, Hilary Swank is from Washington, I think. Oh, interesting. Okay. Not Shirley Theron. She's from South Africa. So, in the mid-2000s... Yeah. There used to be this regular thing that I would go to where it was like set up by friends and you'd contribute $5 to it. And yeah. in exchange for that, you'd have this beautiful steak dinner yeah. on like a Thursday night. Oh. This, this was in Honolulu. Yeah. And somebody I knew had a penthouse and we'd yeah. eat on the roof of the penthouse. Was so, this for your uh, poetry thing? No. Oh. And this was like overlooking the city. It was a really interesting experience. And I did oh, it wow. uh, for a couple months. But anyways, I remember one time this dude comes there who's also in his 20s, but he's a bit more aggro and, you know, that type of stuff. Aggro? You know, a bit more hyped up and the macho stuff. Oh, okay, okay. And he comes there, and I think Charlize Theron was in the news for some reason. The guy sits down and he says something to the effect of, I used to date Charlize Theron. But he says it all seriousness. Yeah. Somebody else at the table says, really? And he's like, yeah, I used to date w- women who look just like her from South Africa. I don't think Not Charlize, not, not, not the actual Charlize Theron, but yeah. people that look like her. In my 20s, I was a bit of a douchebag. If we're going to be... Aren't a lot of guys that way right, in their 20s? Right, but what I'm trying to say is I was a bit of a douchebag. Yeah. And even back then, I looked to the sky and I thought to myself, this dude's a total douchebag. <laughs> but I guess it takes one to know one, right? It does, yeah. but I'm glad you'll improve there, Bubby. That's right, there. Well, now I just have a a a hint of douchebaggery instead of the full bag. Oh my goodness! You get the partial bag. What? No, I'm just having fun. Oh names. my goodness! Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, that's why I don't think we would have gotten along 20 years ago. Oh, I think you would have been way too immature for me. Thank you. And. uh you know, I was, I mean, I went through my immature time too, but I wanted, I wanted a guy that was going to be serious about being with me then, you know. Well, I would have been serious about being with you for the night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. That's why I was, I probably wouldn't have dated you back then. Oh, well, you're dating me now there, J-Wool. Uh-oh. Yes. Uh-oh. oh but um, I think, I think that one of the best movies that we saw this weekend was The Producers. I agree with you. Yeah, and I and I wish you were awake for um, Double Indemnity because I, I saw most of it. Okay, you did, but you slept through parts of it. I liked Indemnity times three minus one. <laughs> don't change a title. I never would. Oh my god! I I don't think I'm gonna see the 2005 version of The Producers. I know it's. It's made I have no a musical. interest in that. I know that it's it's a musical, but I'm like, I don't really need to see, you know, Nathan Lane in there and Matthew Broderick, because I think the original one is a lot funnier. Something tells me they probably toned it down, 
you know, but what do I know? I don't know. They probably made it a little bit more um, flagrant than the uh, original one, but I like the original one just fine. I thought it was funny. Mm -hmm. And I thought um, Gene Wilder was excellent in the movie too. Yes. Everybody's good in the babes. Very good. Yes. J-Lo. Yes. Did you have any dreams last night? I did not. My girlfriend. No, I did not. I was very tired once I got to sleep because I I took um one of my uh the pills one of the pills that I have and I um it, it wasn't that long until I was gone. We should say after the second movie and we talked for a while, you were getting tired, so we got ready for bed, and I was out pretty quickly. Oh yeah, you were. Oh mm-hmm. yes, but that wasn't the case with you, babes. You took some pills. I took one. Nice. I woke up a couple of times throughout the night, but overall it was a really good rest, and I did have two dreams. Well, now tell me the dream. Okay. First one, I'm back in school, assuming it's high school, and I'm in a classroom with a bunch of people. One of the other students comes over to me, grabs my cell phone, takes it away from me, and I don't know why I'm not really doing anything about this. Mm-hmm. But then he goes to the front of the room and says, okay, guys, I'm leaving for the weekend. Doesn't give back the cell phone. I start thinking to myself, well, maybe it's okay that I lost it. Do I really need it? I can get another one. But then I start remembering that all my contacts are on there and personal information. And I start to get upset. And that's when I wake up. Oh, my goodness. Another dream. It's 1994. Is it? In this dream. Okay. Everything goes back to 94. That's so funny. And... But for some reason, I have a modern-day cell phone. Right. It's a dream. They don't have to make sense. Yeah. We were walking around the city doing errands. And they look the same in the dream, right? Yes. Okay. And we're on Burnside, maybe in the 20 to 25th range of, of north um, northeast Burnside. What what block was it? Like was it like the hundredth block? Or? No, it was like maybe twenty third and Burnside. Twenty third and Burnside. I'm throwing out a number, but it was roughly between twentieth okay. and twenty fifth. Okay, and we probably walked around there um, in real life anyway. Yeah, yeah, we have many times. Okay, and we have a little bit of time before we have to go back to your place. I think we're we're gonna catch the bus around four thirty for some reason. And I had to do paperwork. Yeah, and I'm looking for a library. I don't think there was one at this location in 1994, but again, it's a dream. I realize that there's a library on 34th and Roan, but I'm not quite sure how to get there. Uh-huh. You say, I know the route, but we got to do some uh, navigating to get there. Yep. So we turn off of, eventually we get to like 34th, we turn off of there, start walking, and then you say, hey, I have to talk to you about something. Yep. I know that you've been cheating on me and stealing money, and we can still go out, but I this will not stand. You can't do this again. Next thing I know, I'm inside this wheelbarrow, and you're pushing me <laughs> down the street, and we're watching the local news on, like, a nearby TV, but we're still headed towards the library, and that's when I wake up. That is weird. Yeah. And, and and just for the record, you haven't been cheating on me. No. And I, you haven't stolen money from me. We are polyamorous streamers. Oh, my goodness. But I'm allowed to be with other women in my dream, and you're allowed to be with other men in yours. Ah. Uh, yes. No, we're not. Well, I thought we were. Well, in that case, I have been cheating on you for not the one. What? No. No, we are polyamorous streamers. What? Yeah. I wouldn't even call it that. What would you call it? Oh, 
It's just a dream that doesn't really mean anything. Uh-oh. Yeah. And by the way, the, the guys that were in my dreams was the ones hitting on me, not the other way around. You're allowed to fool around in your dreams. Oh, my goodness. I'm not going to hold it against you. Bob. What? What if? But you're my conscious partner. Ugh. And that's what I love about you, babes. Oh so give me a conscious kiss. <laughs> Why? Because you need a conscious kiss. One of the conscious good Oh, my goodness. but I love you. Babes. Yes. What intentions do you have for the next week? Oh, I like your I like your uh I like your question. Thank you. Which I think is kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Um Well, I'm not exactly sure. That's a good question. I don't really have a lot um on my agenda this week, but I, I'm sure that there are things that we'll, um, I'll have to um, give attention to. Excuse me. Yes. Um, I will say that I did the necessary paperwork for something that I just started that we won't mention. Mm-hmm. And so that's good. So I don't have to worry about that. Um, so I'm not sure what's going to happen, really. It's kind of up in the air at the moment. Nice. What about you? I want to show up, be the best person I can, and try to really be present this next week. Oh, good. Yeah. Um, uh, I also think that I kind of like weeks that are up in the air because that means that I have room to um, to get things um, done. Yeah. By the way, did you read the chapter yet? Uh, that's one of my intentions for this week. Okay, good. Yes. I will do it, and I will report back to you. Good because um because eventually you're gonna write you're gonna have to write a chapter. Two. I know, I know, in the, in the book. Yes. But I will read it this week. Yes. Yes. It's a long one. That's you know that's what she said. It's a it's a. It's she chap- being all my. I believe it's chapter three. Chapter four. Chapter four. Yes. Chapter. Did I send you chapters? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, you, you, did. you wrote chapter three. Yeah. I wrote chapter four. Yep. Yes. 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 Yeah. Do you want to real quick grab this knot and squeeze it? The one that's in my shoulder. This one? Yeah. Grab it real quick. Well, why don't you do that after the can we get it can we can we do this off, off of the No thing? no just do it now. <gasps> okay. One, one more time. time. <gasps> <gasps> Alright, one more time. <laughs> we did that now because I have to go after this. Okay, let me do that one more time, right. Bubs. All right, go ahead. I'm gonna give all you, give it all I got, Bubs. Oh, go ahead. Ah, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> very good, babes. Very good. <laughs> well, that's what she said, Bubs. That's what I said. <laughs> well, babes, I know you got to kick me out. <laughs> yeah. Is there anything else you wanted to discuss? Um, I thought it was really interesting that you wanted me to squeeze the living daylights out of your shoulder. That's because there's a knot there. Okay. Yes. Well, if you want me to for a few minutes, I'll um I'll be a lot more gentle with that. No, 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 because I think we should probably, you know. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yes, but I appreciate that, babes. Okay. Okay. All right, babes. Anything else? No. All right. Bye, bye for now. Bye, bye. Bye, bye. Bye, bye.